and praise the Lord for that. But I think we've all done that from time to time or at one time or another and made a wrong turn. End up, ended up in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where we weren't sure of. So if you've done that, then you know, you know that uh, how important it is uh, to be on the right road and going the right way to get to the right destination, right? Amen. And the Bible exhorts us and tells us over and over and over, and especially here in the book of Proverbs, uh, over a hundred times or around a hundred times the word path and the word way is used in the book of Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs is one of those books that teaches us the, the how to, that we're to get on the right path and follow the right way and the right path. How many knows that there is a right way and there is a wrong way? I think we all know that tonight. And so the road that we're on is very important to getting us, the path that we're on is very important to getting us in uh, to the right destination. Now, the thinking and the theology of the world today, of many in the world, is that it really doesn't matter what you believe or what road you're on, all roads lead to God. You know, Oprah Winfrey said that. Got everybody believing that, that all roads lead to God. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, that's false. The Bible does not teach that. And they, they, there's a lot of people that believe that tonight. Uh, but Jesus made it very clear in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus made it very clear that there are only, everybody say only, there are only two paths or two ways that you can be on. Jesus said there is a narrow way and there is a Broadway. Isn't that what he was talking? Isn't that what he said? And he's not talking about Broadway up there, you know, in St. Louis or anything. He's talking about a wide, wide, broad road. And he said that there are many that are on that road. But then he said there is a, and this is the road he said to get on. He said to get go in the straight gate and get on the narrow way, and there's few that be there on. And the narrow way leads to where? It leads to life everlasting. The Broadway leads to destruction. And so that's what Jesus said. Jesus said there was, he didn't say there was, a, there was a whole lot of different paths or a whole lot of different ways, but he said there was only two ways. And everybody, everybody is on one of those roads or the other. We're either on the broad or the straight and narrow. Thank God for the straight and narrow. Somebody said, well, you know, preacher, you're awful narrow-minded. Well, thank God. I'm, that tells me I'm on the narrow road. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, so it's important what, 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 uh, what path we walk and wisdom, wisdom, the path of wisdom is the path that we need to walk and the way that we need to be on. So in Proverbs chapters 2, 3, and 4, the emphasis there is on the blessings that God's people enjoy when they walk in wisdom's path. And uh, so we, we know then, we'll find out here from reading these next few chapters, that to find God's wisdom and to walk in God's wisdom and to receive God's wisdom does have some benefits. And there are benefits to living for the Lord. Can I get an amen? There are some wonderful benefits. The Bible says in Psalm 60, uh, 68 or 69, I think it's 68, it said that he died. God 
daily loads us with his benefits. Uh, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Thank God for the benefits that the Lord provides for his people. And so walking that path of wisdom brings us some benefits in life. But there is a condition, and you've heard me say this before, but because it's all through the Bible, there are uh, 1,522 times in the Bible that that little word if, I-F, is used in the Bible. And when that word if is used, it denotes a condition. And so there is a condition. If we want the benefits and the blessings of wisdom, then we must meet the conditions that are laid down by God. But if we will do that, we are promised the blessings and the benefits that, that come from walking the pathway of godly wisdom. And godly wisdom is found where? Right here in the Word of Almighty God in the, in the Bible. So in Proverbs 2, and I think you probably found it by now. Proverbs 2, verse number 1, he says this, My son, if, there's that, there's that big word. I've got it circled with a red ink pen in my Bible. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. So let's look at these verses here. We'll move, we'll move along as quickly as we can as the Holy Spirit will allow us to. But here is the condition that he, that he gives us before we can receive the benefits of wisdom. The condition is, first of all, we must seek wisdom. We must seek godly wisdom. Now, Proverbs chapter 2 here sends us all on a treasure hunt. Anybody ever been on a treasure hunt? I've been on a couple of scavenger hunts, but I don't guess, I don't guess that counts. <laughs> Amen. But if you've ever been on a treasure hunt, I saw a guy on a treasure hunt the other day. I don't remember where I was at, but he had one of them metal detector things, and he was going along there with the things on his ear. He was looking for some hidden treasure. But Proverbs chapter 2 sends us on a hunt for some buried treasure. And uh, wisdom, wisdom calls to all, and we found this out last week in that first chapter, the, uh, the verses 8 through 33, the last portion of that first chapter talks about how that wisdom calls out to, to everyone to choose and to receive her. And so when wisdom is received, now, now that call that's going out, and we, we read those verses last week, how that wisdom is calling out from the main concourses everywhere, the voice of the Lord is, is going forth, the gospel's being preached, 
and the invitations being given for everyone to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the wisdom of God. When you receive Christ, and people, you know, um, say, you know, well, when, when I received Jesus and got saved, did I get all of God's wisdom? Well, we <laughs> that's debatable for a lot of people's lives. But when you did receive salvation receive the Lord Jesus Christ, I tell you what you did receive, you received in Christ the source of all godly wisdom because Jesus is the source of all wisdom. The Bible says that in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says that in Christ Jesus, in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything you need to live a, 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 a godly life, a successful life, a blessed life, an abundant life, all of it is in Jesus Christ. Amen? But listen, uh, being a beneficiary of all that is in Christ is not just automatic because all who receive Christ do not find the wisdom that is available and in the source. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because you're born again tonight and you have you are in Christ and Christ is in you doesn't mean that you have necessarily tapped in to all that is available to you in Jesus Christ. And we need to learn how to tap into the wisdom of God that's available through Christ and in Christ. Are you following me? So in Him is all knowledge and all wisdom, and in Him is hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And as I said, chapter 2 here is kind of like God's telling us to go on a treasure hunt. And so... This chapter begins with a condition, and in verse number 1, Solomon is speaking to his son, and it applies to all of us, but he says he's given his son advice, and he, he gives him a condition and says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and imply your heart to understanding... If you do these things. So it begins with that word if and with that condition. And the condition that he begins with here tells us that wisdom is found. Notice what it says. Wisdom is found by receiving instruction from God's holy word. His inspired word. Wisdom is found where? In receiving my words, treasuring my commands, and inclining your ear, and implying your heart to understanding. Do you see that? Wisdom comes from godly wisdom. I'm not talking, we're not talking about earthly wisdom. Somebody, somebody made a statement today that I read that said, all you need to do to have common sense, they're trying to equate wisdom and common sense, and that's not, that's a, you know, that's not, the equation, but said all you got to do is observe everything that's going on around you, and that's kind of foolish because that's not what the Bible says. You're not going to get God's wisdom just by observing everything that's going on around you. You're only going to get God's wisdom by, number one, receiving Jesus Christ, being born again, becoming a child of God, and then digging for the hidden treasure of God's wisdom that is that is laid up in Christ and that we find 
find in the Holy Word of God. By receiving His instruction. Isn't that what He says? So that goes along with other scriptures, of course. But He says for us to receive His words. The Bible says in James 1.21 that we are to receive with meekness the implanted Word of God. In Acts 17 and 11, we read about the Bereans there who were noble. And Paul said concerning the Bereans that they searched the Scriptures daily to see if the things that he had taught were really true. He talked about the Thessalonian church and the believers in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And he said that the Thessalonians received and welcomed the Word of God. Paul said that those Thessalonians received the Word of God and welcomed the Word of God as it was truly the Word of God and not the Word of man. Have you ever heard people say that? Well, that's just Brother Rick up there talking. Well, it's more than Brother Rick up there talking if I'm talking about what's in this book and giving you what's in this book. It's the Holy Spirit in Brother Rick giving you the bread of life, and we need to look at it that way and receive that instruction that way. Can I get an amen tonight? So learning God's Word. Now get this. I know know this is basic stuff probably to most of us but learning the word of God is the very first step in seeking wisdom and there's no treasure on earth of greater value to you to me to anybody tonight no no treasure of greater value tonight than than you'll find in the pages of this bible Praise God. The Bible says that it's that the value of this book, of this Bible, is far above rubies. Amen. How many of you ladies would like to have some nice rubies or diamonds or jewels or, you know, those type, those type of things? Well, the Word of God, if you seek for God's wisdom in the Word of God and store up His Word within your heart, there's nothing more precious, no treasure greater than what you can find in the the Word of God. So, he says that we must store up God's Word within our heart. Job said that he treasured and esteemed the Word of God more than his necessary food. I thought about that verse and I thought, man, if we would do that today, because you all know and I know how much we esteem our necessary food. We're all, we're planning those meals out, you know, all the time and getting, you know, where are we going to go eat tonight? What are we going to have for dinner tonight? And we're getting all those meals planned out. You know how we are. Oh, but how 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 much spiritually spiritual growth would we have if we esteemed God's word, which is our spiritual food, more than our natural food? Amen. Psalmist David said in Psalm one nineteen eleven, he said, "Your word, Lord, have I hid in my heart. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you." And when you hide the word, and he's talking about storing up that treasure, receiving God's words, and receiving that treasure, and getting it on the inside of you. You know, once you get that treasure of the word on the inside of you, ain't nobody can take it out. Hallelujah! And you've got it. It's stored up inside so whenever you need it, the Holy Ghost can bring it to your mind and bring it to your remembrance. How many's ever had that happen? 
Amen. When you needed a promise, when you needed a word, when you didn't know what to do, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost would just bring to your remembrance. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is come, he'll teach you all things, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And boy, when the Holy Ghost brings the word to your remembrance, man, and you get that fresh rhema word from God, I'm telling you what, one word from the Lord can change your life forever. Come on, hallelujah. But you gotta you gotta dig it out and store it up before the Holy Ghost. He can't bring to your remembrance something you ain't never read yet. Right? So there's so many today that don't don't value the Bible as a treasure. And in this this chapter of Proverbs, he uses, notice in that chapter, in those first few verses, he uses the word incline and apply and seek and search, which all of those words speak of a spiritual desire and a priority of putting God's word first and making that a priority of digging out the truths from the word of God. And so there's a lot of people today in the church, Christians, that don't think, think that that's necessary. Uh, many, and, and you know, you all are not a part of them, but there's many that don't feel it's even necessary to attend church very often because, you know, well, you, just, you can see you just, their church record. Amen. Well, yeah, but, uh, I'm not going there. Amen. But it's important. You can see that they're not valuing the Word of God the way they need to to value the Word of God. Not investing the time to dig out the wisdom that is in the Word of God. See, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? We live in a we live in a in a fast-paced world today. We live in a in a in a uh, drive-through fast food microwave culture. Isn't that right? We want it and we want it now and we want it our way. Huh? Is that right? We want to get it now. We left the hospital yesterday. Of course, Vicky couldn't go in any restaurants or anything. We had to get a little lunch, so we, we had to find a drive through and just get through there, man. We went to, let me put in a plug for Chick-fil-A. They got it. Chick-fil-A's got it going on, ladies and gentlemen. They got it. They got, they got, man, they got them lined up out there, you know, and you run the gauntlet, and they, they get your name and everything. By the time you get around the other end of the building, that old boy's standing up there. He, I know he's smiling, but he's got a mask on, and you can't tell. Hey, man, and he's just so friendly and he says hey Rick here's your order you know man I tell you I said you guys are doing an awesome job but we were in and we were out and we were done and it's that's the mentality that a lot of us have today when it comes to the word of God and let me tell you what let me tell you, we're, we're living in a microwave age but we're still serving a crock pot God He's a slow cooker. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, you if you're gonna if you're going to 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 get the truths of God's word in your heart, it's not gonna be just a skimming through it, just a reading over it, but it's gonna be taking some time to study to show yourself approved unto God, to get down and mine some of those treasures out, to dig some of those. If you want to find the nuggets, it's a treasure hunt. And you got to dig them out. Come on. And thank God you got the Holy Ghost. I've heard that. People say, well, I just read the Bible and I don't understand it. Get the Holy Ghost 
Christ involved. You've got the author of the book living on the inside of you. If you'll take time to dig and to pray, he'll open it up to you and give you the understanding and hide the word into your heart. Amen? If I don't hurry up, we ain't going to get through this chapter. Hallelujah. But we've got to make that daily discipline and mine for those treasures and study the Word of God. Now look in verse 3 and 4, he says that wisdom is found through prayer. Notice what he says. If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So what does he say to do there? He says that we are to lift up our voice. We are to cry out. We are to pray. We are to ask God for wisdom. I, you know, every time you open your Bible and begin to read, you need to, you need to lift your voice. You need to ask the Lord, show me something from your word. Reveal something, some truth to me from your word and hide your word in my heart. So he said, you've got to cry out in prayer. James said the same thing in James 1 and 5 when James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God and God would give it to him. Amen? See, here's the thing. How many is, I'm sure nobody but me has ever done this, but I know I have, I have made poor decisions in my life and, and made decisions that looking back on, I should not have made. Anybody besides me ever done that? And you know what I found out? That, that poor decisions are made by prayerless believers. When we don't take the time to pray and to seek after God and to seek after His wisdom, that's when we make the poor decisions. So wisdom is found, according to verse 4, through a diligent searching of the Scripture. Through diligent search, through lifting our voice, through seeking God with all of our heart and searching, searching for the precious nuggets of God's wisdom and God's truth, amen, and hidden treasure with all of our heart. Now look at verse, verses 5 through 22. Now the first four verses give the condition of finding wisdom. Those first four verses. And we've just touched on them briefly. Those first four verses give us the ifs. If you will, if you will, if you will. Then verse 5, in verse 5 he says, then. Then, when? That, that begs to answer the question, when, Lord, then, when? When you have met the conditions of the ifs in the first four verses, then, oh, hallelujah, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So the corresponding thens that come in these next verses, they correspond to the ifs of verses 1 through 4. So in verses 5 through 22, we see there the results of seeking wisdom. We find, number one, he said we would find, if you'll do what verse 1 through 4 says, verse number 5 says, then you will do what? What will be the result? You will find the knowledge of God and understand the fear of the Lord. How many knows that's important? How many wants the knowledge of God? 
How many wants to understand the fear of the Lord? We talked about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the first benefit then is finding the knowledge of God and understanding the fear of the Lord. He's talking there about experience, a growing relationship with God and, and having a submissive obedience to the Lord and to the Word of God. See, he says in verse 6 that the Lord gives wisdom. Where, where does wisdom come from in verse 6? The Lord gives wisdom from where? From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Every time God speaks, it's wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And how is God speaking? He's speaking right here in this book. Well, doesn't God talk to people, you know, today, talk to your spirit? Of course he does. Yes, he does. Does he speak to us in, 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 uh, by the Holy Spirit to our spirits? Yes, he does. But it will always be in line with what's already written down in the Word of God. He gives wisdom from his mouth. It comes from the mouth of God. Jesus let us know that, 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 that it's the Word of God because he said, man shall not live. He quoted Deuteronomy in his temptation. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of what? The mouth of God. And he was talking about the Holy Scriptures. So... We find the knowledge of God. We understand the fear of the Lord. That's the first benefit. The second one is found in verses 7 and 8. Look at verse 7 and 8 with me. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And look, look at this. He is a shield. The he there, speaking of the Lord, right? He is a shield for those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of the saints. I've told you before, the Bible says saints are preserved, not pickled. Amen? Praise God. <laughs> I just I couldn't resist. I had to say it again. So, the second benefit that we see here in the Scripture of seeking for wisdom, crying for wisdom, receiving instruction, applying your heart to receive the wisdom of God from the Word of God. The second benefit of that is this. When you get that wisdom from God and you've sought for it, is victory that God gives you in the battles of life. Amen. Do you see that? It says that He is what? a Our shield. Amen. What is a shield? It's something that protects you when you are in battle. And God is our shield. Uh, the King James, I think, says buckler, but a buckler is a small shield. There were two different kinds of shields that they used in warfare in those ancient times. There was a big body shield that they would hold up that, uh, that Paul referred to, I believe, in, in uh, Ephesians 6. 16 as the shield of faith and it covered the whole body and it protected every everything but then there was the buckler and the Bible says in Psalm 91 that God will be your shield and your buckler and that buckler was a small round shield that that soldier carried with him and he could hold it with one hand while he held the sword with the, his sword or spear or 
javelin with the other hand. But that small buckler, that small round shield was the one that he used when he went into battle. That big shield, and I can't remember the name of the big one, but when that when he, he'd stand behind that when all the arrows was coming at him. That's what Paul said, that the shield of faith will what? Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But praise God, whether it's that big one or that little one, God himself will be your shield and your buckler and your protection and will give you victory in the midst of the battle. So that little shield he's talking about is the shield you take into battle with you. You are in a battleground, not a playground. There is spiritual warfare going on today. There is an enemy out there today, ladies and gentlemen, that we must be aware of. Aware of. We are to fight the good fight of faith and to war a good warfare. And there's a devil out there and there are demon spirits out there and there are principalities and there are powers and there are rulers of the darkness of this world and the forces of, of, of darkness are arrayed against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and if there ever was a time we need to be lifting up our voice for wisdom if there ever was a time we need to be digging out the treasures of the word of God and hiding them in our heart it's this day and hour which we live for only those who are filled with God and his wisdom and his word are going to be victorious in the battles and the, the attacks and the onslaughts of the enemy that we're going to face in these last days it's vitally important that we live close to Jesus more important than it's always been important but more so now in these days which we live in is it that time my goodness help me Jesus but it's the Lord himself that is our shield and absorbs the blows and the arrows, and the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice in verse 8 also he says this. This is that he guards and protects our way. He guards and protects our way. I don't know about anybody else, but I need his protection. I claim his protection every single day of my life. Amen. I wouldn't want to go anywhere, do anything unless I had the protection of the Lord in my life. He guards us. We are on enemy territory and we're facing dangers, toils, and snares. As the, as the song Amazing Grace says, we're facing that every day. But thank God He preserves the way of the saints. We can travel this life and go through life with peace because we know that we are protected by the shield of God's wisdom that if we have sought him, that he will let it cause his angels to encamp around about us and protect us in all of our ways. Amen. So he guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. So, so victory in battle is another blessing and benefit of doing the things in those first four verses of seeking God's wisdom. The third thing is this, discernment and understanding. Look at verses 9 through 11. And how many would agree tonight that we need discernment and understanding? Amen. Jesus said in the last days, one of the main things would be that 
when they said, what were the signs of your coming? He said, take heed that no man deceives you. So there's a danger of being deceived today. So discernment and understanding. Verse number 9, he says, then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom, here it is, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. Amen. Understanding what is right and just and to know the right way and every good path so that you'll not be led astray. I thought it was interesting as I was studying this that in, uh, in that passage there where he says in verse 9 that you will know, uh, that you will understand every good path. And that word path in the Hebrew was a Hebrew word that meant a wagon track or a, a wagon rut or a wagon track. And it had to do with the tracks that were made by the wagons when the ground was soft and the wagons would find the, the trail that they needed to get them to their destination. And that wagon would leave ruts and leave a pathway in the ground. And so one wagon after another passing over that would make a path that was, that was easily discerned. And, and I got to thinking about that and reading a little bit about that. And uh, that's how the Word of God is and wisdom is. It, it shows us and reveals to us the right path to walk on. When you have the wisdom of God and His Word, you know, glory to God, you're going to know the right path from the wrong path. What causes people to get off of that beaten path of the Word of God and get sidetracked and get off in some wilderness somewhere is because they've not allowed the Word of God to make ruts in their heart and in their spirit. They've not become familiar with the Word and the wisdom of God that they need. And, and a person that like that is easily led astray by the enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, church tonight, we must have the discernment and the understanding that comes from the Word of God. Amen. So Isaiah 30, 21, God said when you're walking down, when you're walking through those paths, you'll hear a word behind you saying this is the way, walk therein, and not go to the right or to the left. Thank God when you've heard the Word of God in your heart, the Holy Ghost will lead you in the right way that you need to go and we're not going to get sidetracked and get off, off base we must have that discernment in the days which we're living in today so discernment and understanding will be ours when we cry out for it when we dig for it when we seek God for it but notice the next one number four is protection from wicked and evil. In verse number 12, he says, This understanding will keep you and to deliver you from the way of evil. That's just what we were talking about. From the man who speaks perverse things. From those who leave the paths of uprightness. To walk in the ways of darkness. Do you know 
I don't think I have to tell you this. I think we know. But there are people today that are leaving the paths of uprightness and walking in the paths of darkness. And remember at the beginning of this lesson, I said, there's only two paths you can be on, upright or dark. Dark bad, upright good. Amen. But there are people, and, and that's why we need this discretion to preserve us. That's why we need to know the Word and need the wisdom of God because He said that He will deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of, of, of uprightness. Now, let me tell you something. You can't leave something you haven't ever been a part of. you got to be on that path of uprightness before you can leave it i got to be in here at Abundant Life Family Church before I can leave Abundant Life Family Church. So what I'm trying to say is that people can be on the right path and be saved and know the Lord and choose to walk away from that path if they so choose and desire. The Lord doesn't take away your own free will. And many people have done that in these last days. And people are doing it all the time. But they leave the paths of right, uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice, look at verse 14, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. Those way, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. That word devious means to go out of course or to wander, to deviate from the right way. And so what does, what does this wisdom, what's a benefit and blessing of having this wisdom of God is to protect us from that wicked, evil way. It enables us to detect and avoid the, avoid the deceptive agents of Satan who seek to devour us. The Bible said he is as a roaring lion. Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's out to devour, listen to me, every believer, everyone. And I, and I love what that scripture, though, the way Peter says it in 1 Peter 5 and 8, that, that Satan, that, that, that de- roaring lion is seeking whom he may devour. That's telling me he can only devour those who will allow him to devour them. I tell you what, you've got to make up your mind and get in this word and get close to God and claim his protection. And by the help and grace of God, I'm following that right path. He ain't going to devour me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. They leave the paths of uprightness, walk in the ways of darkness, which is the ways of the world. And we're seeing that today. Here's the deal. We're, I've used this verse several times, but um, in Isaiah 520, he said, Woe to them who call evil good and good evil, darkness light and light darkness, bitter sweet, sweet bitter. It's, it's, a, it's an upside down world. Things are in a mess. And we're living in that very time where that's what you see today. What is, what is good is called evil. We're the, the church. We're the ones that are the problems and the troublemakers. Huh? That's what they say, isn't it, Brother Bob? That's what they say. 
They, they're planning now. They, they're saying, we got to do something about that bunch. Those evangelical Christians, Bible believers who love their God and their gun. We got to squelch them down. They're a problem. And they almost make, they, 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 those who are in authority today want to make and try to make the church and Bible-believing Christians look like a terrorist group. So we're the evil. Come on now. Am I, am, I, am I down where we're living? We're the evil bunch. The baby killers. The abortionists. I could keep going, I guess. You know where I'm at here, what I'm going to talk They're classified as good. That's good. That's a good thing. So things are upside down. And that's, that's what we've got to be protected from today. They have left the paths of uprightness. They're walking in the ways of darkness. They're calling evil good and good evil. Verse 14 said they're enjoying sin. Notice that. He said they rejoice in doing evil. They rejoice in doing evil. A few years ago when, when New York passed the, the legislature, uh, legislation there in New York and uh, they passed that in the state of New York to take the life of a baby up until birth. At nine months they could do it. Do you remember that? I remember that just very well. That they, 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 um, they, they all stood up. When that passed, those legislators stood up and cheered. That that calling they called it health care, some kind of health care. And uh, they something's talking to me. Oh, it's Siri. She thought I was talking to her. Thought I was hearing that voice behind me saying, This is the way. <laughs> But they stood up and cheered. They rejoiced in the evil. And that is evil, ladies and gentlemen. Killing in the unborn is evil. It's wicked. And God, that's an abomination to God. And one of the seven things that God hates that we'll get to in Proverbs when we get to chapter 6, amen, one of those things is the hands that shed innocent blood. It's a sin. Listen, listen, listen. Life does begin. I didn't intend on preaching on this tonight. But life does begin at conception. God forms that baby in that womb. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, but they rejoice. They rejoice in the evil that they do. Their ways are crooked and twisted and distorted, he says in verse number 15. And they lead the simple astray away from the paths of right down the road of wrong and ruin. And the only thing that will deliver from that the only one that will deliver and the only thing that can deliver is for us to have the wisdom of God. And that's what Solomon was instructing his son to do. 
Seek the wisdom of God and follow that. And that's what the Holy Spirit through this book is instructing you and I to do in these last days is seek the wisdom of God and follow that wisdom. I am not planning on in any way whatsoever changing our belief system here at Abundant Life. Amen. And they're going to try their best to get churches to comply with that, have transgender restrooms. That's another thing they rejoice in. You know, boy, I'm really going to get in trouble now. Amen. But wh- wh- what do they do? They have these gay pride parades and marches, and they rejoice in that sin and that iniquity, which again, that lifestyle, according to the Bible, is an abomination unto God. It's wrong. It's wicked. It's crooked. It's evil. It's perverted. It's against the Word of God. Everyone that's in that needs Jesus. He'll change their life. He'll turn them around. Are you listening to me? But it's a rejoicing in that evil. And we're in that day today. But the wisdom of God will deliver us from that. Amen. Let me close. Uh, Praise God. We may skip the song tonight. All right. We might just do that and finish this out. Um, Verses 16 through 19 says that that, that this wisdom will protect us. Here's another benefit from the immoral, from the immoral woman. Hebrews, the Hebrew word for immoral, which the King James translates it as strange or stranger. And that word is, is a Hebrew word for apostate or for a foreign religion. And it means a foreigner or someone who is outside of the covenant of God. And it said there in verse 16 that this wisdom would deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go, in, go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk, so you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness. And what those verses are referring to, and to, for us, for wis, that wisdom will guard us against, it's referring to being. Uh, sexually involved outside of the covenant of a marriage with someone other than your spouse. Just very basically is what he's saying there. That wisdom will save a person from those who have no regard for the sanctity of marriage. And so not only is there no regard today for the sanctity of life, there is no regard for the sanctity of biblical, traditional marriage. Amen? And I know these are things that are not talked about in church anymore. I mean, preachers get on, they get online and they buy their package of sermons. Oh, Jesus. They've got them all bought and paid for, and it's a feely-goody how-to message to do this, this, and this. And I, you know, so you don't hear a lot about this. But when you just go right to the Bible, the Word of God, and start reading it and teaching it, you find out that the Bible, the Word of God's against some things and warns us against some things. Amen. And it's not a popular message today. 
but it's still biblical. Adultery, fornication, adultery has never been as openly flaunted in the world as it is today. Marriage and the marriage covenant is disregarded by most people. Doesn't matter. They say it's just just a piece of paper. Well, no, it's not. It's a covenant between that man and that woman and God. And God joins them two together. Amen? That's why I always tell these young couples that come wanting to get married and and uh, I have them meet with me for four, at least four sessions, four to five sessions we have, and we go through some things in marriage counseling. But I always commend them, and I always tell them, I appreciate y'all, you guys, as young people, taking this step to get married in, in a culture that we're living in today when the marriage covenant is so, so lightly thought of. And disregarded today. Amen. But that's what these scriptures are talking about. But there's a spiritual application as well. Not only is he talking about adultery. And he's talking about um, the, the penalty there for sexual impurity in verse 18. That it leads down to death. And it leads eventually to hell. But he's also, there's a reference here in the spiritual context of false teachers. Who lead people away from the scriptures. To, um, to a life of sin. And he likens this immoral woman to a seductress who, who flatters with her words, who uses seductive talk, who has forgotten the, the covenant of God, rejecting the word of truth. And, and this is, this is a, a picture of false teachers today, likened to that seductress, likened to those. See, false teachers like to use flattering words to tell people what they want to hear and what makes them feel good. That's what flattery is. You want to, we had somebody coming to church here a few years ago, a couple years ago. That, that, that you know, I became weir, wary of them right off because they couldn't say enough good things about me and flattered me all the time. And I'm thinking because I had read the book of Proverbs, got to watch out for this one. And I was right. God, I was right. Wanting to build somebody up all the time. Most of the time when they're doing that. And, and it's good. you give honor where honor is due. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? But to, 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 uh, to be pumping somebody up and flattering somebody with the mouth, uh, with your lips and with your tongue all the time, is telling them what they want to hear. And that's exactly what seducing spirits do today. And there's so many led astray to false doctrine because every false doctrine has a seducing spirit behind it that flatters, that feels good, that entices, that intrigues, that gratifies the flesh and leads away from, leads away from the cross and to other roads and to other paths. So wisdom will keep us safe from that. Amen. Last of all, if you will do the things in verse 1 through 4, verses 20 and 21 says, you will be given power and ability 
to walk in the ways of goodness and the paths of righteousness. Let's read it. We're going to get done. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. When you walk in the way of goodness, when you have God's word and his wisdom and walk in those paths of righteousness and goodness, he said the upright will dwell in the land. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and the wisdom of God to empower us and enable us, Brother Bob, to stay in those right paths and to walk in those paths of righteousness and those good ways. And that's the only way we can is by depending on the Lord and seeking His face and His wisdom. And if we'll dig for that hidden treasure... All of those benefits, you could have, you know, we could have preached five weeks on this, but all of those benefits that he's promised there in verses 5 through 22 will come to you. You'll be blessed of the Lord when you do what the first four verses says do. Hallelujah. It's very simple. God didn't make it hard. We're the ones that makes it hard. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, sweet Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness, for your word. You are an awesome God, and we thank you so much. We see our, our desire and our need tonight of, of the wisdom of God in our lives. And Lord... Give us a desire. I pray for everyone here this evening that we'll have that desire to walk worthy of you, to seek you like never before. In you, Jesus, are all those hidden treasures of wisdom. Help us to mine them out by seeking you and applying ourselves to find those nuggets of truth. Apply them to our hearts. Hide your word in our hearts. And Lord, may everyone that's a part of Abundant Life Family Church God, draw closer to you than we've ever been before. Be more on fire for you in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Why don't you just give the Lord a good hand clap of praise tonight. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Amen. Well, I hope you were blessed tonight. I feel better than I did when I got here. I hope you were blessed in the Lord. Shake hands and be friendly. Come back. Hey, we won't have, hey, we will not have Saturday prayer meeting this week. We've got some company coming in for Mother's Day, so no Saturday prayer meeting for you all that do come, okay? God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Sunday.